Welcome to Deleted Saves. On this episode, Arcanum of Steamworks and Magic Obscura on PC. When we think of the fantasy genre, generally we think of certain tropes. Sword and sorcery, dragons, castles, knights and wizards. And this was certainly the norm for the very early 2000s in the JRPGs and Western RPGs, with a few exceptions. Today, we are going to discuss one of those exceptions. Today, I will be discussing 2001's very awkwardly titled Arcanum of Steamworks and Magic Obscura. Arcanum, as we'll be calling it from this point onward, is another one of those problematic favorite titles I cover from time to time. I'll explain why in due time, but for now, let's get into the background of this title. The game was created as the first game from Troika Games, whose founders Tim Kane, Leonard Boyarski, and Jason Anderson had previously worked for Interplay on Fallout 2. But once that game was completed, they could not come to a new agreement for their next game, so they left and formed this company in 1998. Troika is Russian for three of any kind, originally for the founders, but the name would come to be more telling than three founders realized. Arcanum would be followed up by a Dungeons & Dragons licensed game named The Temple of Elemental Evil, based on a famous adventure module of the same name, first published in 1985, and would be updated several times over the decades with rules edition changes. And critics would say the video game was okay, but a buggy mess. Another game that followed Arcanum would end up being the most famous of all, the licensed title Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines, based on the vampire role-playing game system whose titles I've reviewed before on Deleted Saves. Critics would praise that game's story, but complain it was a buggy, broken mess. Is anyone sensing a theme here? Well, that would be the last game Troika would publish before it was unable to get funding for future projects and closed its doors in 2004. That's right, Troika Games only published three titles and then collapsed. Somewhat ironic, and as I would say, very telling. Coincidences can be fun like that. We're here to talk about Arcanum. This game is a CRPG, or computer role-playing game, exactly like the original Fallout or the first Baldur's Gate. It was also a genre tied intimately to home computers, as the consoles of 2001 could not handle the kind of tactics-based gameplay these RPGs used. These kinds of games are very much a mouse and keyboard style game during that time. Arcanum is absolutely a fantasy world. Players must choose from building a character from a collection of humans, elves, orcs, ogres, dwarves, gnomes, halflings, and the first descriptor in, and I've already hit Tolkien bingo, use magic, fight fantastic monsters, and explore a massive continent. However, here's where the ideas begin to change drastically. Arcanum's world has moved beyond the regular fantasy tropes. Get ready to hear that word tropes a lot and has begun to realize the effects of industrialization. Meaning that now we're talking dwarves with shotguns and wizards bemoaning how trains have reliably replaced teleportation circles. It is a game clearly labeled steampunk fantasy. And I know a lot of people think steampunk is a very cringeworthy title now, but it was another underground subgenre that set imaginations on fire in its time. Arcanum is a world trying to come to grips with its own duality, magic versus technology, and the two do not work well together. 
as well as new political realities as separate kingdoms advance towards industry while others try to remain traditional and refuse to accept industrialization and ignore how far behind they are falling. Political enemy, political enmity, racism, and hatred of either scientists for the new ideas or mages for their ability to cause machines to break down by their mere presence are all part of the setting as it works towards a new future since the dragons are long gone and the princesses that once needed rescuing now run workhouses for the poor. Our game begins with your character, who is a pile of stats, edges, hindrances, and one of several pre-rendered title face cards, aboard a Hindenburg-style zeppelin, crossing the mountains that separate one side of the continent of Arcanum from the other. Suddenly, the airship is attacked by a force of orcs and biplanes, rendered as cartoonishly as one could imagine, almost as if Ringling Brothers had decided to use the clowns to form their own flying circus, yet they bring down this passenger vessel and only you and a few others survive. One passenger on board, a gnome, gives you his ring with a message to give it to the quote-unquote the boy and drops dead of his injuries. You are then immediately discovered stumbling from the wreckage by a man named Virgil, who will become one of your constant companions throughout the game, and he proclaims you to be something called the quote-unquote living one, and says that you are the living reincarnation of some sort of powerful figure from the past, which you are free to ignore, lean into, or scoff at. Again, another well-known trope of the fantasy genre. Over the course of this game, Arcanum shows its roots, being a game developed by the same team as Fallout and some of the Baldur's Gate team. Tons of dialogue with all sorts of optional responses that can affect secrets to uncover non-linear gameplay that allows you to tackle missions in any order and in a number of ways, and the possibility of completing the game as a mass murderer or as an utter pacifist. These are also hallmarks of the CRPG style of game, giving the player a sort of unparalleled freedom to truly make the character and the story their own, but as a consequence, the writers must try and come up with just about any sort of possible story thread to cover player decisions. But from the crash site, you and your slowly growing party of loners, social outcasts, mercenaries, and goofballs must move from village to city trying to piece together why you are being attacked by assassins, why there is a cult invested in you, and who is behind it all. You must visit major industrial cities and crumbling castle towns, delve into mines, go island hopping, and seek answers in the dark past of the setting, which is hidden among the ancient peoples and magic. You can decide to be a technologist, relying on science, automatons, and guns, or a mage, reliant on powerful spells and swords and armor, but not both. Anyone, like me, trying to build your character with a little bit of each set of skills will quickly find a character that is bland and useless, which sucks because there is just so much useful stuff. A bit too much, in fact. But this is the price one pays in CRPGs. You either need to be one thing or another, not a jack-of-all-trades. At times, there is simply too much to do, too much to acquire, and not enough levels to be gained or skill points to attribute. And a lot of what the game presents as wonderful skills are just one-trick ponies dressed up as steam-powered giraffes. I wish I could give a truly in-depth review of every single area, but there is just so much to see and do that there is no one right way to play, barring following the critical path, which is, as you can guess, world-shattering and involves finding a magical device to destroy a demigod necromancer hiding behind time and space, something which only you as the trope of the Chosen One can do, 
or find the device, lie about it, and join Sidek or Mancer if you want to follow the evil path. If you want to play the game for yourself, I highly recommend following the Arcanum fan wiki, as the game itself does not exactly make the critical path clear. But there are multiple game endings, based on your decisions and allies throughout the game in which the world collapses, stays the same, gets really weird, or rockets forward into a cyberpunk-style distant future, which, I guess, is steampunk's natural and terminological step. Missions and story beats steal generously from the real world, such as the hunt for the white church murderer, go on, guess which famous serial killer this one is, or taking a camera off the body of Isaac Zapruder. If you don't know who this one is, ask the old conspiracy theorist in your family. There is the sticky issue of the Orcish problem, shadows of England's Irish problem or Nazi Germany's Jewish problem, genocidal thought experiments, and thefts you may have to conduct of historic items from ancient peoples to put such things in faraway museums. Or maybe you can stop a Wild West-style bank robbery and explore mysteries surrounding cryptids. The tone of Arcanum can be all over the place, juxtaposing the humor present in the writing of Fallout 2, which in 2022 is more like sight-gag references to things that were cultural jokes in 2001, but are likely lost on anyone trying to play now who was born well after that time, to a more serious tone about colonialism, the need for unions, militarism, and the dying of once important cultural touchstones. In 2001, the game sold well in its first few weeks of its release, but soon faded from the sales charts. Not surprisingly, a PC gaming is not what it was now, being very niche back then. Critics praised it as story-rich and showing amazing depth. And again, these are all great things, but players in 2001 were not really looking for that, especially with the PlayStation 2 newly released and already dominating the game sales charts. There were even plans for a sequel, to be titled Journey to the Center of Arcanum, based on the 1874 Jules Verne novel of similar title. But the sequel was scrapped after Troika closed its doors. Again, my first discovery of Arcanum is as vague as the game itself. An old associate of mine, the same one from whom I borrowed Ravenloft Stone Prophet, see that episode for more information, bought the game out of a game shop based on something I had created. You see, back then my first D&D homebrew setting I created I named Arcandum, and I had run games in that setting for years. So when he saw something similar, he bought it brought it to the apartment we shared and said, somebody ripped you off. Well, I was thinking of taking my setting to a publisher, so my heart sank when I saw a product with a similar name, knowing that with the way US copyright law worked, there was no way I could publish that game now. That, of course, isn't true. This is just a case of two folks who just happen to have a similar idea. And I have moved on to creating other homebrew settings since then, which I have learned it would impossible for me to publish as anything other than a little-regarded self-published product, but I played the game nonetheless, and I was blown away by the writing and the juxtaposition of ideas presented in the game, which had simply never occurred to me to do before, despite all the parts being there in my geek culture brain. Yep, a half-dozen writers with more worldly knowledge and cultural reading awareness than singular little old me had beaten me to the punch once again. Now, of course... I just throw everything together, consequences be damned. But you didn't come to hear me listen to me talk about tabletop role-playing games. What you did come to hear is why I think this game is a problematic favorite. I love this game. It is a foundational game for me, and I'm glad that it is available on modern platforms like Steam and GOG, 
the ideas it presents are fantastic, until they aren't anymore. Arcana begins to lose its way about halfway through the game, devolving from the steampunk industrial fantasy to more bog-standard fantasy pretty quickly, seeking to end a magical godlike threat in an ancient setting where now the guns and robots and steam engines stand out like sore thumbs rather than getting integrated the whole way. The dialogue in world lore becomes novel-worthy in length, but most folks do not look for games to have a Wheel of Time or Game of Thrones level of background lore, and you spend more time reading than actually playing. The tactics and interface echo the first Fallout, but somehow worse, and I already did not think highly of the tactics and interface in Fallout. The character sprites are small and muddy, especially on monitor monitors, and trying to hit anything in combat relies on a series of background dice rolls and RNG trying to work together that means it's far more likely that the enemies will stomp you flat while your character uselessly swings a sword or empties his revolver into the ground. And for the love of whatever higher power you fancy, if you want to play the game in 2022, get the GOG version. There is a patch bundled in with the game that fixes the worst bug of the game, a save file bug that meant that any game you started had a 50-50 chance of erasing itself and making the game unfinishable. This patch also fixes a number of other bugs caused by trying to run Arcanum on modern software and other bugs present throughout the original game. Yes, Arcanum was and is a buggy mess, like the game that came after it. I guess Troika could write a killer game, but not program one or get one sold to publishers to save their company. Arcanum of Steamworks and Magic Obscura is a game of its time. A more innocent time, but it was never to be a blockbuster like other CRPGs of its ilk. It would never get the recognition and salvation sequels of the Fallout franchise or the remake-slash-reboot of a Baldur's Gate Enhanced Edition, although I personally believe Arcanum desperately needs one and deserves one. It will never be counted among the reasons we have things like a Pillars of Eternity or a Divinity Original Sin that even consoles get ports that can be used the modern hardware and controllers. For as much as this game was a groundbreaking title of the genre, and for me personally, having affected my own creative writing for decades, it is just a lost game, despite being available. The bugs, the uneven tone, the poor visuals, the play, and the interface, the necessity of having to either buy a copy with an unofficial patch bundled in just to make it fucking work, or having to track down one on your own makes this game something that, while I love it, is not a game I can recommend in 2022. Unless you really want to see the world and experience the story, this poor old title will be overshadowed by Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines in importance and, well, most every other genuine CRPG and technical ability. It's too bad, in a way. Nowadays, we get 21-year-old games remastered and remade into blockbusters for older generations to fawn nostalgically over and for newer generations to enjoy. But even in 2001, Arcanum ran like a coal-powered game from 1874. That is why it will always be, for me, another problematic favorite. Besides, if I had to choose between steampunk and vampires, I'd rather take steampunk. But I'm in the minority on that one. Thank you for listening.